Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hi, right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Lots to get to. Lots to talk about. We've got another great interview. Bottom of the hour, Victor Avila. 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 I think he pronounces it Avila, to be honest with you. Um, but he's running for the land commissioner job here in the great state of Texas. He's also a former federal agent, was ambushed by a cartel, a drug cartel, or his partner, Jaime Zapata, was killed. We're going to get a, an update from him on what's happening on the border and what he thinks as land commissioner he can do, um, which isn't being done now. He really thinks that as the Texas land commissioner, he can actually, I'll give you a hint, meet with Mexico and start solving some of these problems. That's an interesting interview that you're not going to want to miss. Also, some more nuttiness in, in schools that your kids could be facing. Carrie will have that for you. Uh, Carrie, this sucks because I don't think I have time for it today, to be honest. No, I think you do. We have plenty of time. Well, somebody in the web chat asked me this. Did Carrie watch you on Newsmax today? <laughs> I didn't know you are on Newsmax today. I only I've posted on all my social media. weather advisories and, and closures and cancellations and, you know. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? Are you going to be okay? A lot of work. Doing a lot of work today. Yeah, it's advisories on, to say, I've got an advisory. Oh I'm exhausted God. from all these advisories. Wow. What? Yes, I did not, I'm did just not saying, I mean, why can't you support your partner here? What's up? On Newsmax. I did not. I don't get any notifications from you anymore. Why did you block me? <laughs> I haven't blocked you. Sometimes I wish, but I have not blocked wow, you. Wow, wow. But I said what I day? haven't. I said I haven't. What day is it? It's Wednesday. How do you pronounce this month? February. All right, fine. February. February. Let's go, people. Halfway there. Glad to have you. Thanks for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show for your Wednesday. There is no more to the song that said that's all I have. You, no, you, you, you haven't should. noticed for the past a million years that it always ends at the same exact spot? Yeah. Well, can't you just get it on YouTube? No. Why not? <laughs> then we can hear the whole song. Actually. I don't think the guy deserves it, to be honest with you. Oh, he does. He most definitely does. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he deserves it. All right. Uh, again, Victor Avila at the bottom of the hour, he is running for land commissioner here in Texas. He was uh, ambushed along with his partner, Jaime Zapata in uh, Mexico. And it turns out Zapata was killed and Victor was shot. Uh, they found fast and furious guns that Obama was, was sneaking across the border with, with Mexico at that scene where Jaime Zapata was killed. It, it was a crazy story. We had that for you. Agent under fire is his book. That's how we'll have him at the bottom of the hour. Now, you're always very good at finding these stories that parents are going to go nuts about when they find out what could be happening in their schools. What do you have for me today? From the blaze, a Riverside, California school district drew criticism after his official website promoted an essay with a decidedly racialist stance. According to the Federalist, the essay titled Decentering Whiteness is written by authors Jeff Hitchcock and Charlie Flint. In the essay, the authors state that attacking whiteness is not enough when it comes to dismantling white supremacy and noted it takes all walks of life to cut down whiteness. 
Uh, the report added the district referenced the essay at least three times throughout the website under subsections including professional learning, community engagement, and culture and climate. All references at the time were reportedly found under the webpage's Equity, Access, and Community Engagement Resources page. All instances pointing to the essay, however, have been scrubbed from the site at the time of this reporting. The removed document, the Federalist reported, condemned whiteness and explained tactics for whiteness itself to be made more marginal. Decentering whiteness as we envision it is a collective process that can take place in organizations, sectors of society, personal lives, etc. over periods of days, months, years and generations, a portion of the document read. The document also encourages people to assume that whiteness and race always structures our experience. Simply attacking whiteness is not enough to accomplish this goal of deconstructing whiteness, the document continued. Assaults on whiteness, depending on their nature, may have the effect of confirming and solidifying the central position of whiteness in American society. The Federalist added, perhaps most sinister, decentering whiteness clearly sought to encourage a racial division and even racial conflict, calling on a multiracial coalition to displace whiteness. It read, quote, it will take a multiracial, multiracial effort to displace whiteness, one that includes people from all racial cultural groups. What did Rachel do? What? Multiracial. I'm oh, to say. oh, thank you for bringing listen, that mistake to everybody. I thought you said so. Rachel was a problem. Oh, oh do, do I have to show people you write me when I mess up a word? Do <laughs> well, I that's to? fun. That's fun when I do it. Oh, that's good it fun, but when, fun you do when you do when you call me out on it. I did weather advisories all day. Don't call me out. <laughs> I did. Are you I'm okay? Tired. You must be exhausted. I said multiracial. All right. So, so here's the thing. This had to be paid for. This obviously is from some stupid racial equity group that is only out to make a bunch of money, sort of like BLM, where they made millions of dollars, and now, now there's some questionable accounting going on. Millions of dollars on mansions, millions of dollars to, to uh, Canada for mansions. This is some alleged racial equity group that probably got paid by the school district. And in this school district, they're literally teaching kids about how to stamp out whiteness. It is so overtly racist it's so over-the-top racist that I think people who are hearing about it don't believe that it's racist. They're like, this is so racist that there's no way that this is really happening. So there must be something else going on. It must not be racist. Let me say it again, because I say it every once in a while, and I think people don't get it sometimes. Equity is not a synonym for equality. It's not. Equity ensures equality and outcome. Equality means that you've got the same equal opportunity, which is really what we're based on, equal opportunity. And if you don't have equal opportunity, then you're somehow being discriminated against, and then I will fight with you to get that equal opportunity. But you do not have a right to equity. It just, it just doesn't exist. And saying that we have to now join forces of other races and ethnicities to somehow stamp out whiteness or to attack whiteness or to combat whiteness literally is telling 64% of America, you're the bad guy, and the rest of us are going to join forces to take you out. As the story said, this is about racial strife and racial division. This is a resegregation of our society after we worked so hard to desegregate our society. This isn't okay. This is the antithesis of what the promise of this land was, a promise that was not upheld early on, and a promise that we're still working on making sure Everybody gets, which is equal opportunity, that the check will not bounce for non-sufficient funds, that we will have the same ability, and our kids will have the same ability as our neighbor's kids. 
for some reason, school districts, because I guess out of their white guilt or something, or because of their racism against white people, they are paying thousands of dollars to these dumb organizations that are then giving them a curriculum that will help teach kids how bad white people are. Can you imagine for a moment that I decided I'm going to start the white social justice group and I'm going to put out a, a series of curriculum items that will help you to stamp out blackness. Carrie, how would that go over? Uh, not very well at all. You would be if done. For some reason, for some reason, we have this ability or bad guys in our society. And I think anybody who pushes this anti-racist curriculum, which is really anti-white curriculum, any white person, no matter if they're racist or not, I think those people are are a scourge in our society. They are reinstituting a mindset, a mass formation psychosis that will teach young people that you're different, you're treated less than, you're being oppressed because of your skin tone, your racial background, or your ethnicity. Of course, that's not true unless it's really happening. If it's really happening, then I will fight with you to get rid of it. The fact is, we've got people who are alleged educators. Look, if this ass wagon wants to live in her, or his or her house, this school board you know, president, this superintendent, this principal, whomever, wants to live in a house and hate white people, they can, as long as they don't take action. You can have the opinion that white people are no good. You're allowed to have that in America. In a free America, you're allowed to believe that. You are not allowed to believe that and push that on my kids. That's somebody who's pushing racial division that I thought was outlawed with the, with the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I thought that, again, you can, you can be a racist in this country. Look at the left. I mean, it's filled with racists. Democrats are filled with racists in their ranks. You can be that. You just can't proselytize it and push it on my kids. Now that's a dereliction of duty. You have no right to have that job. You should be fired for not doing your job right. Your thoughts, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Come on right back. Stay here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There is a ton going on. Victor Avila at the bottom of the hour. He is the former federal agent of the border who was actually ambushed in Mexico with his partner, Jaime Zapata. Uh, and, and again, when he told the story, he said it was as if the cartel knew that they were federal agents, they did it anyway. And uh, he survived it. His partner did not. He's written a book about it, um, Agent Under Under Fire. Uh, you can go to agentunderfirebook.com to go find out more about that. Plus, he's running for election here in Texas. We talk about the border. Can individual states like Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and, and California do anything about what's happening at the border? He thinks the answer is yes. We talked to him about that at length at the bottom of the hour. Make sure you stick around about 10, 11 minutes from now. All right, parents, so your kid comes home. He or she says, hey, here's what we learned in class today, that we need to be uh, to get rid of whiteness. We need to stamp out whiteness, and in fact... If you're white, you should know that's coming. And if you're not white, you should join forces and go after the whites. I don't know how this isn't the exact same playbook that the KKK has been using forever now. Carrie, your kid comes home. What do you say? 
I'm up at the principal's office the next day. Next day. You, I mean, hello. Hi. Hi, hi Mr. and Mrs. Principal. Mm-hmm. You need to go start flipping burgers because this ain't working out. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's the bottom line. You cannot have a curriculum that's anti any ethnicity, anti any race, anti any ancestral background, anti any skin tone. You can't do it. You can't do it, yet they're doing it, and people are afraid to say anything. And let me use this as an example. And maybe you don't think this is a good example. I do, or else I wouldn't be saying it. Whoopi Goldberg, for the entire time that we've known her, has been calling herself Whoopi Goldberg. Her name is Karen Johnson. Whoopi for Whoopi Cushion, because it's funny. Goldberg, again, according to reports I've seen online, because her family said you'll need a Jewish name to succeed in Hollywood. Nobody has ever called her out for using the name Goldberg. Ever. You're supposed to be... Yeah, it is what it is. It's like Rachel Dolezal. For how long did she get away with pretending she was black when she wasn't? It's like people are afraid to say something when something is so horribly wrong. Well, that's just the way it is. We have to be uh, anti-white. We have to stamp out the whiteness. And Carrie, have you ever heard anybody ask the question? By the way, parents, if you're listening and you want to chime in, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. The Biden video where he gets told to put on a mask by Amy Klobuchar, over 50,000 views now over on TikTok. Check out the TikTok at Joe Pags or go to JoePags.com and find out all, all the links there. So your kid comes home and says that. And if you're not like Carrie, you're not going to go down there. You're part of the problem. It's this whole thing like Whoopi Goldberg getting away with it for so long. It's this whole thing with something being so upside down for so long that people just assume that's the way it is. And you really can stand up and be heard. You should be heard if your kids are being told that they're bad because of their ancestry. Or your kids are being told that you're oppressed because of your ancestry. Or your kids are being told, don't be Bobby's friend anymore because Bobby's white and his whiteness is a problem. I don't know why we can't be pro-truth. It's like having Dr. Urso on last hour. Why can't we tell everything that we know about COVID and about treatments and stop pretending we don't know anything? I mean, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? We go to the phone lines. It's going to be uh, Beth, who is in Indiana. Beth, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you this evening? I'm living the dream. What's happening? I'm living the dream, too, buddy. Good. Hey, I'm really fired up about just everything you're talking about tonight. But right now, I'm very upset about the comments Whoopi made. Um, I think she is self-centered and careless. And if she had any knowledge whatsoever, she'd know how ridiculous ridiculous it was to even suggest that Hitler would say, let's just go round up a bunch of random people and do the same awful things to all of them. They have nothing in common. That was just really stupid. It really was stupid. And I'm very upset that we are teaching Our children are being taught racism. They're not being taught about it. They're being taught racism. I have a five-year-old granddaughter, and I don't know what she's being taught at school, but I hope it's not anything like this. I grew up um, as a daughter of a a single mom in the 60s before that was a goal. And for a short time, we lived in the projects. The little girl next door was black. I'm white. We played on the front stoop. We played Barbies. We shared a bowl of grapes. We had a good time. 
I didn't know she was black. Children don't know color. Why are we teaching them this? You know, the, we, we've, the woke people, Beth, the woke people in this country have literally told us that if you say I'm colorblind, that's now erasing somebody's culture. Exactly. If, if you say I don't know from, from race, because I don't, I don't care, um, then, then you're somehow not holding up on high the person's culture. So if you say, well, my neighbor's black, well, why'd you say black? Why don't you say my neighbor's five foot two? So, I mean, you're always in trouble. No matter what you say, they're going to find, they're going to, they're going to put you in a position where you're painted in a corner that you're always going to look like a something is or something a phobe. I love that you had friends uh, growing up who were like that. It's, it's funny though, what, the way you say, you said it very quickly. You said you were brought up by a single, a single mother before that was a goal. That really is a goal for a lot of people, isn't it? Like they're all yeah. proud. Hey, look, I'm a single mom. Oh, look at me. Let's be a baby mama and a baby daddy. I, I can't stand that lingo. It's ridiculous. The, the destruction of the nuclear family is going to be the downfall of all of society because it's so important. And this racism thing was brought home to me last week. I'm still very bothered by this. I own a small business, and I treat everyone equally. I, I notice that people who have skin color different than I, I notice that it's different. But guess what? I notice people who have a pierced nose. I notice people who have a tattoo down their face. Right. I don't care. I don't care. All right? It doesn't matter. But last week, one of my employees um, told a lady who was getting a whole bunch of creamers that she had to pay for the extra takeout creamers. That lady went back to um, one of my regular customers. He's black, been a customer for years. He came to see me. He said, you know that lady is a senator from another state. She's high up there. She wants to know if you're racist. Because she said you want to charge her for these creamers. I was so upset by that because this man now, I think, has been coming in here looking at me for 20 years saying, this is a white woman. When I never saw, you know, him coming in and I'm saying this is a black man. Right. I I was so, I've been bothered by this for days that now this is being introduced in my neighborhood. People who are not racist really, really get offended when they're called racist. Those who are racist, it doesn't bother them. Beth, I hear you and I appreciate you. I'm sorry that you faced that. Uh, I've been called a racist in my life, even before I became in public life like this, uh, in such a broad scale. And it's always bothered me to the core because I know who I am. I know how I was raised. I know I know how I see people. It bothers me that people are allowed to throw that around because it really does water down what true racism is. If everything's racist, nothing's racist. So we've got to be very, very careful here because we're going to raise, we're going to raise an entire generation of people who don't understand. It is racist to say you've got to get rid of whiteness. Just as racist as if you said you've got to get rid of blackness or Hispanicness or American Indianness or Asianness. It, it, it would be just as racist. It doesn't matter. I know people are trying to redefine racism. It doesn't matter what race is in control or has the alleged power. That doesn't matter. They say, well, the, the, the race with the power can only do the racism. Nobody else can do the racism. That's not true. That's not true. If you treat people differently and less than because of their race, then you are, in fact, a racist. Calling somebody that when they're not is actually hurting the argument that somebody who's really being uh, uh, bigoted against has that person's argument will not be listened to because there are so many people crying wolf at all times. We've got to be smarter than this. Any educator, I don't care what town USA, who is out there pushing anti-racism, which is actually a racist uh, curriculum, or stamp out whiteness curriculum, you must do everything you have to do to lobby the school board to get rid of that person. Period. Or else the next generation will have no clue what is or what isn't racism, what is or what isn't true. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this guy back. He's a former federal agent. He, uh, he's he got a great book out as well. He lost his partner, uh, Jaime Zapata, uh, when, when they were attacked by a drug cartel. It's Victor Avila. Victor, how are you? Good to see you again. Thank you for having me back, Joe. Great to be with you. Yo, uh, you're also running for Texas Land Commissioner, which is an, an awesome job. We can get into that uh, a little bit, but the reason I wanted you back on today was to say, what the hell is going on at the border? I know that you're still in contact with people there at the border, um, and, and I know that these men and women are so frustrated that when Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, went recently, they, they actually literally turned their backs physically, turned their backs to the guy. And I know some of the hierarchy were like, hey, man, we're in this together. What's going on? But Mayorkas was caught on on like some sort of video, uh, audio that he didn't know was being recorded where he actually admits that the border is worse than it's been in like two decades. So he's telling us one story to our faces. Biden's telling us a different story, the same story. Saki's telling us the same story. What do you know is happening on our border right now? Yeah, what I know exactly is what's happening is called lawlessness down there. I just got back from visiting six counties. Uh, along the Texas border and talking to the agents firsthand. And yes, they're demoralized, to say the least. And I, I'm very, very happy to see them finally stepping up and challenging the, the upper management, especially the Secretary Mayorkas, when you said it. How can he have the audacity to lie in front of the agents knowing the truth? Because he actually did say the truth. I actually agree with Mayorkas and what he said in that video and that audio where, in fact, they know exactly what's going on and they could stop it at any moment, but they actively refuse to do it. It's purposeful. Uh, remain in Mexico policy. Why not just do it? Why not just exercise it? And they they refuse to do it because of politics, Joe. And, you know, I was talking to the agents down there. I'm thinking, is this all because they still hate one man, Trump? Right. Is this, is this still out of spite? You're going to have... Texas police officers killed by the hands at the hands of illegal aliens. You're going to have all this crime, the human smuggling, the human trafficking, the drugs, the overdoses, the the chaos because and destroy the nation because you will not give this man a win. Is that the spike that we're at in, the, in this country? Yeah. It is incredible. But that is the reality. And you know what? I'm glad that they're doing that because the, the agents are like. You know, they say they took an oath. Absolutely. I've been saying this for a long time. I want the border agents to tell the the, the upper management and say, listen, you, we swore to take an oath uh, when we took this job to defend uh, the Constitution of the United States and protect the, the, the country. You're not allowing us to do that. And they wouldn't be breaking any law if they did. Well, and that's the question, and I'm not a law enforcement officer, so I want to learn from you. Agent Under, Under Fire is the name of his book, Agent Under Fire. Go to agentunderfirebook.com to go and grab this right now. It's uh, it's former Agent Victor Avila. So uh, when I get pulled over by a police officer, I know that he or she has the discretion whether to give me a ticket or not. They know what the laws are. They're there to enforce the laws and to, if they have to, you know, give me a ticket, maybe arrest me, whatever else is going on. How does it work for the Border Patrol? Because the law of the land is the law of the land. Congress passed this back in the 80s. We know what our immigration laws are. We know that people can't come here illegally. That's the first violation. If they're actually here illegally, that's the second violation. If they're working here illegally, that's the third violation. So these people are coming here breaking the law when they can do it legally. Does an agent have the same discretion as a police officer on the street to say, I don't care, I'm arresting you, you're breaking the law? Or does he or she have to listen to what Mayorkas says or what whatever administration happens to be in Washington today says, ignore the laws for now. Can they do that? 
No, no, that's a great question. Uh, when it comes to the federal agencies on the border, they don't have that discretion. The, the, the discretion is you must take uh, exercise uh, and enforce the law, which means uh, take possession of this individual, not release them into the country after they broke the law. And remember, there's human smuggling charges. There's uh, aiding and abetting charges, a lot of different charges here that they face on a daily basis, and none of them are being uh, enforced. And, and I'll put it to you this way. A lot of what's happening in our inner cities with the police where the mayors and our elected officials are telling our sheriffs and our chiefs of police to stand down sometimes in Portland, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and right. not allowing them to do the job. That's kind of what's happening here at the federal level that the, they're, they're just telling them, no, do not in, enforce the law that's in the book. Uh, do not follow what legislatively was passed. Ignore it. Ignore Title 42. Ignore the asylum criteria, ignore remain in Mexico and the law, ignore it all and just let them in. And, and let me tell you, they're coming in, some of them with absolutely no inspection whatsoever. I mean, not even uh, a processing, not even a fingerprint. And I'm talking about national security issue here, Joe. This is a, a public safety issue. Forget immigration for a second, uh, the illegal alien on its own. We're talking about criminal element here. We're talking about gang members. We're talking about cartels. We're talking about terrorism here and terrorists coming through our southern border. It's a big problem. It's Victor Avila. He is a former federal agent. He's running for land commissioner in Texas now. Get his book, Agent Under Fire. Go to the website, agentunderfirebook.com. Let me ask you if I, if I have it right, what's happening right now, Victor, because we're seeing these 2 o'clock in the morning flights. It appears as though, and these are generally speaking like men of fighting age. These aren't families. These aren't children, which is what the administration wants us to believe. These are all like military age men that are coming into the country. They're saying the word asylum, and then they're asked, where do you want to go? And then we'll put them on a plane at 2 o'clock in the morning to, to White Plains, New York. We'll put them on a plane uh -huh. to Chicago. Put them on a plane to South Florida. What, what, is that what you're hearing from the agents as well? Is that literally what's happening? They walk across the border. They're not arrested at all. They're processed I guess they say the word asylum then they get a free, free air travel anywhere they want to go. It's I saw it myself. I, I can tell you, I can confirm it. I saw it myself go straight to the buses, buses to bus stations and to airports. So both by bus and by airplane. And uh, this, this Catholic charities down in downtown McAllen, Texas, which I visited again just uh, a week and a half ago that I was there because, I, you know, this, these are very com – uh, they're allowing aiding and abetting and the smuggling, I believe. And right. sure enough, while I was there, uh, single adult males from Haiti coming in and spoke Creole and getting processed. But this is what, what took me aback. Our veterans – that by the way, that day was super cold out there. It's it windy and rainy. And we had some U.S. Americans, one of them was a veteran, homeless, outside, begging to go inside for the night and get food and shelter. And he was denied any uh, service by Catholic charities. But Stunning. if you're illegal from any other part of the world, you're able to come in and we'll take care of you. It is upside down and backwards, Joe. You know, Victor, we know that those who are asking for asylum are turned away to the tune of 80 to 90 percent. They're denied asylum. So this asylum claim is just to get here and to stay here. Plus, I don't even know if we're, we're handing them a notice to appear anymore. And none of them, 95%, don't show up for a court date. So once they're here, if they can just get across that border, they're in and they're in for good. Do you, in your heart of hearts, do you have any idea? And you want to you be a, an elected official now, so I think this is important. Do you have any idea why an administration like this would want this to happen? Why do we want two million contacts with illegal aliens just in one year last year when we have a pretty good process in place for you to come here legally why would anybody want this 
the only thing I can come up with is that they fundamentally want to change the the fabric of our country. That's what I come down to because uh, th- this is not this is not law and order. This is not the protection uh, overlooking our sovereignty as many other states do. Just look the other way in Mexico and how much they protect theirs. And so uh, it makes no sense that you have these individuals. Some say it's for the votes. Maybe that's part of it. But it's got to be more than that because you're putting uh, a lot of individuals in danger uh, physically in danger with a lot of crimes being committed against U.S. citizens by illegal aliens because they're not being vetted. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying one is too many that comes yeah. in here and commits a crime. And so uh, it makes no sense. And I go back to the say, is it political? Is it really just because of politics? We need to get away from that and defend uh, our country. And that's why I'm running for this important position to finally defend the sovereignty of our state, at least at this point. It's uh, it's uh, uh, again Victor Avila. He's running for the the um, uh, uh, land commissioner here in Texas. We'll explain what that is in a second. But but I want to ask you one, one other thing, and, and this is I think vitally important. When we're talking about the sovereignty of the country and these people coming here and then just staying here, we're talking about them taking jobs. We're talking about them potentially being criminals. We don't know if they're criminals or not. But we're we haven't even mentioned the drug problem yet. There's enough fentanyl that came over the border in just the past few months to kill every person on the planet, not just here in the country, every person on planet Earth. I think it was seven or eight billion people could have died from the amount that was just seized. Victor, that doesn't include what we didn't seize. That didn't include what we didn't get. So we're opening the border. We're giving the cartels millions of dollars a day in human trafficking, sex trafficking, and drug trafficking. And again, I have to go back to just as human beings, who, who, generally speaking, are loving and caring and compassionate? Why would we ever want that? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. How bad is the drug problem? Because we barely ever talk about it anymore. It is extremely, extremely bad. We are at a, a point where I've talked to the San Antonio Police Department, the Dallas Police Department, the Houston Police Department, the Abilene Police Department, and their number one problem with crime and, and related to drugs is methamphetamine. The the fentanyl is killing our our youth. Right. We know that. The meth is the one that's tied directly to the crime and the, the spike in crime in all these uh, cities. Austin, uh, you know, seeing the highest homicide rate last year. And it, where's the methamphetamine coming from? Mexico. Who produces it? Uh, the cartels. From whose help? From China, who gives them the, the precursors and the chemicals right. to continue to have over 100 super labs in Mexico. And so is the fentanyl, the counterfeit pills. It is pouring and you're absolutely right. This is about the, the seizures. These are the ones that we know about. And also the, the gotaways. Let me tell you, this estimate of 2 million people is not even nowhere near of the actual number of people that have been in this country. In my professional and personal estimate, it's double or more than that oh, that's wow. come in the last year. Because I talked to the border agent. They say for every one person that they actually detect, there's got to be one or two that they didn't. So just that math alone is a lot more people. And they're coming into this country. But let me tell you the big difference that I've seen is that the individuals coming in illegally now are have a different attitude. They're not uh, wanting to assimilate to this country, to the United States. They don't want to be American. They want their country from they're coming from, by the way, 100 different, 150 different countries. Right. And they want it here in the middle of the United States. They want Afghanistan here. They want Guatemala here. And, that, and you can't have it that way. It doesn't work that way. Right. Just from just 20 years ago where people wanted to assimilate and come here illegally and do it the right way. Uh, 
in just in the last few years. Yeah, when my grandfather came back in the 1920s, he, they couldn't wait to be American. He didn't teach his kids how to speak Italian. It, it, no, you're an American. This is we, we pronounced our name not the Italian way anymore. We pronounce it the American way. That isn't the way it is anymore. And I've never understood that, Victor, because if you're coming from a, a crap hole, uh, to, to, to coin a term that Trump may or may not have said, why would you want to make your new place the same way? I don't understand. You're coming for a better life, or better opportunity, for, for, for equal opportunity, for... The American dream. Why would you ever want to make it some other country? It just doesn't make sense. We could probably do two shows on that one. Uh, it's Victor Aviola. Get his book, Agent Under Fire. Go to the website, agentunderfirebook.com. What is the website for your candidacy for land commissioner? VictorAviolaTX.com. VictorAviolaTX.com. Your donations are welcome to get me to the last month. Uh, as the primary approaches on March 1st, uh, we're there. I, I see myself as being one of the uh, top contenders to go into the runoff in March. And, uh, you know, my, my biggest concern as I approach this office, by the way, the Texas Land Commissioner oversees 13 million acres of public land right. in Texas. I will be concentrating on the one that touches the border first. And I'm already working with the private homeowner, uh, landowners and ranchers that uh, have their land adjacent to the state's. So they want to donate. They want to do a. They they want to do something. They want the state to help them, and I'm going to be the one that that will do that for them. This office oversees veteran benefits, which I will enhance. Uh, it also oversees the money from our natural resources of oil and gas to our school system and the funding. I'm going to take a very close look at that because I'm against the CRT that is happening in our schools as well. Right. And I, I need to check and see what why that money keeps on flowing to the school districts. So this is a very important office. A lot of people right. are not very aware of it. And um, you're going to see a change agent come in here and really make a difference and impact. For those who don't know around the country, the, the current land commissioner in Texas is George P. Bush. And he's Jeb Bush's son. He's, he's George W. Bush's uh, um, uh, nephew. So he's not running again. He's running for attorney general against Ken Paxton. Um, just explain, if you don't mind, just give me like a minute on what the Texas Land Commission, because it sounds like it's a very specific job. It's not, because as you said, it's about energy as well. But what can you specifically do, should you become that guy, to shore up what's happening on the border if the, fed, if the feds don't let you uh, do anything when it comes to apprehension? I mean, what can the land commissioner actually do? Uh, we do a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, we don't need the, the federal government to, to help us here. We're going to use our own state land to start uh, building barriers. Call it a wall, call it a, a, a gate, whatever you want to call it. Not just the wall. I will build it. I will build infrastructure around it. We need roads. We need technology. We need light uh, in, on those areas. Get with the private landowners, which I already have, that are going to help us fill in those gaps. And that's the priority number I was one. hoping you would say that, Victor, because the private landowners are tired of it. They're tired of it. Garbage in their, on their land. Their cattle is being killed. They yep. feel unsafe in their homes. And, and these people have been ignored by the federal government. The feds might have control of that easement. But you've got landowners that can build their own walls and their own fences and their own barriers, can't they? Absolutely. And, and I'm going to do things that, no, that has never been done in this office. And, and I'll, say, I'll, I'll say it here in your show, Joe. What I want to do is I'm going to take our lieutenant governor and our governor to Mexico. We're going to go meet with the Mexican government. We nice. still need to engage with them. No matter how you like it, the corruption, believe me, I know and I almost lost my life over there. Right. It, it is, it, it's, it's that important. They are not doing their share. They're not doing their part in deporting the people that are illegally present in their own country. And we need to engage them. We need to have a little chit-chat with them. And that's what I bring, that type of experience as a diplomat that I think no one else that, that is running is, is capable of doing it in the way that I can. That, that's what I do there. With our veteran benefits, I want to build the facilities for them, not for illegal aliens, right. to process our veterans, to get them into the VA system. 
Uh, I want to see that happen. They get them, get them with their benefits ready. Get them if they're physically or mentally issues. Get them set up. Instead of processing and processing all these illegal aliens, how about we process our veterans that are on the street Imagine and get that. them going? Now, Victor, I think that you're spot on, man. I want you to get the job. I hope that you will. Victor Avila, TX.com. Go there and support his candidacy. AsianUtterFireBook.com for the book. Let's do this again. Hopefully, we can do it before the, the primary happens. And, and uh, listen, your knowledge on the border alone is already just incredible. And if you could be in that power position to where Texas says, hey, we're in a position to talk to you, Mexico, I would love to see that happen. Victor, let's do it again soon. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Victor coming on. Great stuff there. Carrie, you're off the hook because that's like from January 7th. I thought it was new. It's not. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, why does he want me to read that? We missed okay. National Pass Gas Day back mm. on January 7th. Something that Carrie should have no. been reading for you. Uh, let me tell you about Omaha Steaks, a great sponsor. Omaha Steaks, go there, omahasteaks.com. Make sure that you, you put in PAGS, P-A-G-S, in the search bar. When you do that, you're going to get a great deal on some great food from this company. Been run by the same family now since 1917. Over 100 years means you're doing it right. Go to omahasteaks.com, put PAGS, P-A-G-S, in the search bar. Click on search. You're going to get 50% off lean, tender steaks, hearty home-cooked favorites from Omaha Steaks. It's actually called... The Heartland Favorite Package, you're going to save 50%, get four lean pork chops, four extra juicy chicken breasts free on top of the rest of this incredible order. Every order backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee and delivered safely to your doorstep. No reason. There is a reason why Omaha Steaks has been the leader for gourmet steaks and food since 1917. As I said, nobody comes even close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Get with them today. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword PAGS. Click on search. Make it happen. Dirty pop. Have you any time at all or no? Not really, but uh, they were doing a taping of The Masked Singer, if you've ever seen the show, and apparently the first contestant that was unmasked was Rudy Giuliani. He was singing? I guess so, but two of the judges, Ken Jeong and Robin Thicke, like stormed off. Like they were not happy that he was there. <laughs> They're such lightweights. All right. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you later. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.